Ice LA. The camp we've had going here since Friday. So what we're gonna be doing today is talking to some folks who are at the camp, playing some sounds from the camp. As you can hear right now, people are playing music, doing solidarity with the inmates at the Metropolitan Detention Center. These are ICE detainees and other federal detainees. So every night when we come out here and we make noise, we play music, we have our little community, we can see people flashing lights and tapping on the window, communicating with us that they can hear us just like that. So everybody, welcome to uh, Occupy ICE LA's Sixth General Assembly. We've been here since Friday. So again, we continue to hold this space. We continue to hold this street. Whose street? Our street. Whose street? Our street. Whose street? Our street. Damn straight. Right now, I'm standing in front of the driveway that we're occupying here at Occupy Ice LA. It is part of the Metropolitan Detention Center, which is a federal detention facility. I am looking down a driveway at a gate. I'm actually seeing uh, personnel crossing through there right now, right in front of a blacked out bus, sitting next to a blacked out van. These are the actual pieces of machinery that move detainees that bring this dehumanization to our doorstep. This is exactly what the deportation state looks like. It is people being thrown into a dark, dark hole and the government hoping that people don't see them. And we're here to say that we see you. We're here to let these detainees know, these human beings who are locked in cages know, we see you. And we're also here to let the federal authorities, the ICE agents, the Federal Bureau of Prisons know, we see you. The world sees you. And this little action, this tiny encampment in front of a massive federal structure is bringing power to their doorstep in a way that they're not equipped to handle. Don't ever be afraid of the feds. They don't know what they're doing as much as they want you to believe they are. They understand where the power lies. And their job, as they see it, is to mitigate our ability to wield that power. Disruptive, innovative actions like this, it throws them off their game. It really puts them in a weird spot. And we've seen solidarity from people who work with the federal government, people coming by camp and telling us, keep doing it. You're doing the right thing. Your fight matters. And even though they can't be totally vocal in it, and I, I kind of understand not wanting to risk a job, not wanting to risk a career, we know that there are people working in this structure that will help us when the time comes, that are with us in our struggle and understand the righteousness of our cause. So as I stand here looking at these buses with blacked out windows, where people who are reduced to being numbers in cages, shackled to seats, are transported across the country and flown out of the country, all I can think of is that they look so small. That from the right perspective, the amount of power that the government wields, that the amount of power that the government pretends to have, is not nearly as significant as the power that we have.
Kelly Rice. So uh, how are you involved with this, Kelly? I co-hosted an event with Lydia on the other side of the building, and it just worked out perfectly that we ended up merging events. And this was sort of your first rodeo, as it were, as an organizer. It's a true story. Yeah. Tell me about how that's been. Like, what, what's it like been trying to organize people? Uh, actually an incredibly amazing experience. You know, you start out trying to do kind of the right thing personally. And for me, I feel like I've received a hundred times as much as I've given just from learning from so many different types of people, absorbing their experiences, and it just makes you even more passionate in the end. Yeah, no, yeah. it's been an, a really interesting group that we've collected here. Um, what were what were your hopes uh, when you first sort of came up with this idea or realized like you're gonna be helping organize this whole thing? Honestly, my hope has always just been to do my part in this madness and um, whatever that looks like. And it's just been, you know, I've just been saying it's been a serendipitous turn of events and, and I just wanna go with the flow, but, but use my talents and my passions just like everybody else I feel like should do their part as citizens in our society, so. And uh, can you kind of describe what your experience has been like out here at the camp? Because it's been a real, it's been a wild ride. Yes, it has, but an incredibly, to me, an incredibly beautiful one. I feel like, uh, you know, so many people can be tempted to become hateful during this period of time. And the teams that have come out here, the people that have come out here, to me, have become very um, loving, caring, insightful there's been so many brilliant people so many smart people that have come along and just i feel like we're all helping each other understand the situation come up with solutions and and try to um put our minds together to figure out how can we make the situation better not worse and what is if you could make sure that everybody who came through camp or encountered us had uh came away with one central uh point or one thing to think about what do you think what would you want that to be really just uh, trying to understand the big picture that people have been in this fight for a long time it's not just this moment and that we really need to treat people who are coming here like people like human beings um, we need to not put entire families in cages we need to not fall for what the administration is doing they're trying to spin these stories uh, even the latest one was just trying to say that they quote wanted to abolish ice but put um, but revamp it into two different departments. One is still detaining people, and that is ridiculous. So we need to f not fall for their spin bullshit. My name is Karyon Rashad. And how did you come to be at Occupy Ice LA? I came to Occupy Ice LA via uh, a mutual friend that I met at a studio, and she asked me what I was doing. I got an invite. She's probably not even here right now, but... I've definitely been drugged into the community, and I don't think I'll ever leave. Ha! <laughs> so, what's been, what what is keeping you here? What's bringing you back day after day? What's keeping me here is the vulnerability of the space, and hearing everyone's testimony of why they've been attracted to this space as well. Uh, for me personally, in a similar situation, I'm dealing with the same concepts, the same frustrations, and a parallel reality with my own family. Just uh, their lack of support for what I believe in. And seeing people torn from their families, like, I, I can't allow that, knowing the, the personal pains that I've endured myself. 
So being close to the detention center, that's really like hitting home for you. That's really having a personal impact on you. Yeah. Can, um, can you tell me about that? The fact that we're in a free space right here, even though it is Occupy Ice, we're in a free space. And less than 30 feet away, there's a prison with all kind of rules and restrictions. And that's insane to me how in less than a mile radius, there's just all of this animosity and every single situation I can't speak upon that's as far as you know what's going on in this prison. But what I do know is that the reality of where we are, it's not right and we can't justify it because of paychecks. We can't justify how we treat real humans with blood flowing through their veins because of you know people concerned about their bank accounts. That's why my family won't get involved with and support me because of how it'll look for their work. Everyone's allowing their job description to be in front of their morality. And what do you want people that are looking at us from the outside, people who are coming by camp, people who are seeing our actions, what do you want them to take away from this? What message do you want them to have? I want this to be the fire that sparks their consciousness to, to make a change. Every single car that drives by, I want them to really analyze and think about where their tax dollars are going. The fact that we're funding this beast, we're funding this machine to keep cranking and to keep tearing families apart. As long as every single car goes home knowing that, wow, if they're out there doing their job, what am I doing? As long as they're, their sleepness is sparked. I'm happy. And uh, wake la- up. <laughs> uh, last question: What are you going to take away from this? Like, what do you hope to carry forward from this into the rest of your life? More understanding, more knowledge, more facts. More. more I'm not getting news. I'm getting frontline information, the real deal. And with everything that's being put on me I'm going to continue it wherever I go after this next chapter I'm going to continue the fight whether it's here at the nest or I have to journey off and bring more people to support us I'm, I'm ready for whatever excellent thank you very very much for everything you've done around camp perfect perfect my name is Ryan Mena and uh, who are you reporting for I am reporting for the Santa Monica Corsair. And what brought you down here? Um, well, I've been covering a lot of events and protests that have to do with the current issue of immigration and Trump's pol- zero tolerance policy. Um, and I heard about this, or I just saw this event on Facebook, and um, I went to Mexico on Saturday to try to, um, down by the border, cover things going on there. And afterwards, um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop by downtown because I heard there is this camping happening in front of the detention center so I stopped down here and I saw what was going on met a lot of people a lot of the facilitators and realized like this is a very compelling and very interesting story and so far what have you found most compelling about it like what what keeps bringing you back how organized it keeps on becoming each day like there are people who are in charge of different things and everything like that and how strategic everything has been in the organization and having this keep on going day by day. And so what do you see as the role of a journalist in this position? Because you obviously want to maintain some sort of objectivity. Uh, but at the same time, like, this is a story that speaks to you. So, like, how, how do you want to ride that line? Well, just the fact that there have been so many events or protests organized on this one issue in particular in such a short amount of time just proves how important it is to the general public of America 
And since it is such an important issue to the public, I feel as a journalist, it's my duty to do as much as I can to report on anything relating to that issue. And uh, last question. So what are you hoping to do uh, as you move forward? Like, what do you want your journalism to speak to? What do you want? What purpose do you want it to serve? I want my journalism, whether it be in radio, broadcast, print, to ultimately be a public service in that through the spread of knowledge and the truth and shedding light onto issues that so deserve it and just bringing people the information they deserve and need to know. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, this is Carter Moon. How did you come to Occupy Ice LA? I came to Occupy Ice LA uh, really because I was uh, part of the uh, group of folks that were sort of originally starting a vague plan to do some kind of action here at the detention center. Um, people who had all done immigration justice work through various organizations over the past uh, year or so um, coming together and just sort of saying that we had to do something. Uh, there was clearly so much public attention on ICE right now that we needed to take some kind of action. Um, and so we formed a very loose coalition to start trying to plan what we could do and that developed into planning to uh, do this encampment. And what's your experience been like? Because you've been you've been helping us out with the the rest of the ground game folks, uh, sure. facilitating, uh, sort of organizing loosely. But what what's that experience been like? It's been really difficult in a lot of ways, frankly, because like we've been having to improvise a lot every single day. There's been a lot of sort of just guesswork and uh, feeling things out in a moment to just. Uh, improvise the best we can to, to come up with a plan for every day to keep this thing going. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure how long it was going to last when we started on Friday. I, I wasn't even sure we were going to make it through the weekend. And I'm so glad we made it this far. But um, yeah, it's been one of the more challenging things I've ever done as an organizer, for sure. And what do you think the biggest thing you've learned here is, or like the most impactful lesson? I think the most impactful thing I've learned is that if you have enough public attention and if you seize the right moment, you can get an incredible amount accomplished just sort of by the very nature of um, having people wanting to take action in some capacity. And if you just seize that and you direct their energy somewhere, people will do pretty incredible things. Like the fact that we've had so much food donated to us, the fact that we've been able to raise money for a porta potty within a couple days, um, that you know people have just constantly been wanting to know how they can help out in some capacity, really goes to show that like we chose the right moment to do this. And what's uh, what's your kind of general impression of camp? What have you thought about it? Because it's gone through like several different iterations. Every day is a new day. Yes. But what do you generally you know what would you what would you say about who we've collected? Here? I would say that the camp has been surprisingly uh, receptive to sort of um, holding a consistent line from day to day. So so even though as things have like changed and the like demographics of the camp have changed and who's here from day to day has changed. We have held a consistent idea of, you know, being largely peaceful, not doing uh, anything that's going to immediately get us all kettled and thrown in jail, but rather like holding a steady line here on these sidewalks, making sure there's a constant presence here and not showing up every day at a certain time. We've, we've managed to maintain that goal of truly like occupying this exit for uh, days now. And that's been uh, really impressive considering how much everything has shifted and we've had to adapt from day to day. And uh, last question, what message do you want the people uh, on the outside to take away? What do you hope we're communicating to them? 
we've got to do something about ICE. Like, it is entirely intolerable the way we treat immigrant communities in this country. And it's been intolerable for a very, very long time. In a city like Los Angeles especially, like, we have a duty to stand in solidarity with our neighbors who have to live in fear that they or their loved ones are going to be rounded up at any given time. I mean, this is only going to escalate from here. The, the Trump administration's whole angle is clearly a, a long-term game of getting rid of as many immigrants as possible. And that is uh, entirely unacceptable to me. And if that's entirely unacceptable to you, you need to get your body on the ground here. You need to be somebody who's a physical presence out here in this space because I don't know if anybody's going to listen to us about this. I don't know if anybody's going to take this seriously if we don't get out here and we don't do things like this. Excellent. Thank you very much, Carter. Yeah, of course. My name is Frederick Murphy. So how did you end up at Occupy ICE LA? So you're <laughs> okay, out exploring LA. Version. How did you come here? <laughs> All right. So for the last year in LA, I, I felt like I had been living a life that um, was was unfamiliar for, to me and un unfulfilling and I was de feeling deeply and uh, spirit deeply spiritually bankrupt is, is the term that I would use uh, and I need I I needed something um, I need something more and uh, I think it was crazy how uh, the one day that I really had felt my lowest I fell back on my religion that uh, I had grown up with uh, which is Catholic uh, I was raised Catholic so I went to a church I went to a Christian church and uh, it was M a church called MCC in the Valley they are a non-denominational uh, they're, they're LGBTQ friendly they had the rainbow flag flying they pulled me inside to have service uh, <laughs> I think they actually really got me in there because uh, they had food they had food <laughs> and I was like hungry and I'm like okay and the rainbow flag too. I was like, all right, this is cool. This is a cool church. And on one of their morning bulletins, one of their bulletin points was that they needed allies. They needed people to come down and support the Occupy uh, Ice LA. And it just clicked. And I was like, I have to get down here. I rode my bike as fast as I could. Um, they, you guys were like so friendly and welcoming right off the bat. You handed me a tent. You handed me a like... Uh, and I, I think, I don't know, it, I don't know how to explain it. So, so how's your experience been so far? Uh, like, what has this been, life been like at camp? I don't, like, I don't know what other term to, to use it. It's given me the space and provided the space that I can define myself and, and grow into the person that I, I have always wanted to be. I, like, it's the ultimate fulfillment. It is. It's 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 heavy and it's hard being down here, and it's also very uplifting. It's yeah, it's, it's one hundred and eighty like degrees different range than what I was the life I was living, even just like a month ago. But I find I've found more happiness, bro, in the last week than I have in a year. My year in LA. I love you guys <laughs> seriously. So what do you think? What would you say to somebody looking at this from the outside? What do you think other people hey, have I know, gained from this hey, experience? I know so why would how they it is maybe in LA. want to get involved? Hey, like. It's hard. It's rough. There's a lot of competing ideologies that are asking for a person's attention. 
And a lot of people, I feel like nowadays in our generation, will look at this and say, like, why? What? Like, what? What do they? What do they have to offer? What are you doing? Are you doing this like for, you know, the right reasons or whatever? And um, I would say to that person, just come out here, talk to some of us, like have a have an authentic experience, and you you will thank yourself for it later. That's all I can say. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Amari Shakur. So what brought you to Occupy Ice LA? Um, well, like, Maya, I was, I was out at Standing Rock, and um, I really felt like I needed to, I, I needed to get back into doing what we do as activists because I was just like, I was, I was lost. I felt lost when I got back here. And um, I realized that this is interconnected with what we're doing, with, with what we did out at Standing Rock and fighting the pipeline. And, you know, um, <coughs> it's all the same system. And, and how do you think this intersects with Los Angeles and the people who generally live here because immigration for a lot of people seems removed from their daily life well, if they're secure as citizens. Well, first of all, we got to realize that this is th this place that's, that, that we call Los Angeles or the city of angels is actually occupied Tongva territory. And their bones are buried underneath these all this cement and and, and and things. This is sacred land. We've made this space sacred, you know. We've, we, we've, you know, I, I think a lot of us, there's a few of us here that were at Standing Rock. I think we've brought into this space what we learned at Standing Rock. And we're trying to implement it here. Um, are folks perceptive? I don't know, but we're doing it because it was how we were taught. We, we were taught this way, like she said, you know, and this is the way that we choose to walk, you know, and we're not, I'm not here trying to force it on anybody. I just want to, you know, I'm here to bring what I learned out there to Los Angeles because Los Angeles needs this. I, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about uh, sort of the chain of education along here, like how we string together different events to create more well, knowledge and, and more experience, because each event, it comes to an end at some point. But we take lessons forward, and well, we implement you know, those. The fire never went out. That, that, that's, the, that, that's the thing. The fire, we carry that fire with us wherever we go. You know, as a water protector, I carry that fire with me wherever I go. Whether I'm protecting the water or I'm protecting the rights of, of, of undocumented citizens. And they are citizens. They're undocumented citizens. I'm still fighting for basic human rights. You know, and so what brought me here was I f you know, th this was, I, I, I needed to heal, you know, and this is part of my, part of my healing from my, from my trauma that I experienced out at Standing Rock is, is being a part of 
something um you know getting back involved in in fighting for human oh he dropped the drum <laughs> uh fighting for human rights this is what we did this is what i do i can't I, I can't not do this. I can't see something like this going on in my city and not be involved, you know, because I carry that fire in me. I carry that fire wherever I go. I carry this message wherever I go. Yeah, water is life. And they're not getting sustainable, they're, they're, not, they're, they're not getting healthy water inside this, this, this detention center. So this is part of that. This is where intersectionality really, this is where these struggles intersect. You know, brown people and, 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 and people of color are being penalized because they, you know, because what? They can't provide their citizenship or proof of citizenship. You know, if it was up to this guy in the White House right now, he would deport all of us. So, so we gotta look at it this way. In, in that, from that perspective, it could be any of us, and we also need to not overlook um, not only Central American and South American immigrants, but also Black undocumented folks, and they have been, and, and Black undocumented people have been grossly overlooked in this whole. Uh, immigration movement because they're suffering just as much as anybody else you know so this does affect all of us i'm not I, i'm i'm not undocumented but i have loved ones that are you know what i'm saying undocumented black folks that they can't get their basic human needs met because they don't have a green card No, that's, that makes sense. It, it's a weird quirk of our immigration system that one of the largest undocumented populations in the U.S. is actually um, uh, the Irish. Uh, and yet they face almost no criminalization. And there's a reason for that. But I, I wanted to uh, ask, what do you want to see the people who are outside the camp take away from this? If there was one message that you w could make sure everyone received. You mean people that aren't here? Yeah, the people that are watching us. The, the people, people that, that are, are watching us. us um, that this is, this is right. What we're doing is right. What we're doing is shining a light on this corrupt, unfixable system. The, the, this prison industrial complex. This is this is part of the the prison industrial complex. The the new Jim Crow. This is the, the you know, I mean, and, and when I'm when I say that I'm an abolitionist, I'm a complete abolitionist. You know, this prison the, the prison industrial complex is 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 like fucking. It, it's the new Jim Crow. It's the new. This is the new plantation, you know? The, the plantation, slavery didn't end, it just took a new form. And so I want people to understand that this is part of that. You know what I'm saying? You know, but 
also I want them to understand that we're not here to step on anybody's toes. We 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 come in a good way. You know what I'm saying? We we bring our prayers. You know what I'm saying? When I'm up here at night and I'm and, and I'm communicating with them with the drum, I'm praying. We're praying together. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, this is a beautiful thing like to see LA rising up. You know, and people are rising up all over the country, you know, and and, 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 and this movement is, is, is taking hold, you know what I'm saying? But I want people to understand the interconnectedness between what we did at Standing Rock and what we're doing here. It's the same fight. It's the same struggle. It's against the same oppressive system that that continues to keep us down, that, that continues to allow the police to get away with killing black people in our community every 28 hours, that, 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 that continues to, to allow native, native women to go missing and murder indigenous women, you know what I'm saying, with no sign of, of, of where they're at. You know, this, this, this system is fucking us all, you know, and so we need to really, like, Look at, at at these things and, and, and look at how how every community of color is being affected. You know what I'm saying? And and, and now even even white folks are starting to starting to starting to see what we've been talking about for years. You know what I'm saying? Like but but this you know, separating families, you know. Speaking of separating families, look at what Red Fawn Valley, she's still fighting. A, you know, and she's still in jail. They let her out just just to throw her back in. Her family misses her. You know what I'm saying? Like, her, her family misses her, and, and she deserves to be with her family. She's a warrior. She's a frontliner, man. You know, I never knew her. But, but it's just the, the, the whole thing about separating families. It, it, that, that's, where, that, that's where you see the intersectionality. That's where you see the, the, the similarities. That's where, you, that, that's where these things come into play. Everything that, that, that we've been fighting for the past year and a half, you know, those of us that, that were at Standing Rock, you know, like I said before, and, I, and I'll end with this. We, we, we have tried to bring to this space what we learned at Standing Rock from the Lakota elders. You know what I'm saying? We learned their ways. Their ways were taught to us. You know, they took us into their homes. They took us into their families. You know what I mean? And, and so we are all one big, we are all one family. You know what I'm saying? I may not be blood related to nobody that, but I do have loved ones that suffer because of this the, 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 this unfair system that, that separates families. You know, I mean, n nobody is illegal. Nobody should be considered illegal. You know, especially if we were created by, by one creator. You know what I'm saying? He created us all in his image and in his likeness. So how is anyone illegal? You know, and, 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 and so this environmental racism, this racism, this discrimination that's going on against our undocumented brothers and sisters has got to stop. And that is why I am here. And that's why I'm gonna stay here until 
we win. You know, and we may not win this battle, but this is just one battle in a war. You know, I don't allow myself to, 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 to you know, feel a defeated spirit. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're winning on so many fronts, you know, but so many people, they believe what they hear on, on social media or what they read on social media instead of talking to people who are on the front lines. You know, we're on the front lines right now. And it's not always easy being on the front lines. You know, it's not always easy. There's, all, there's always going to be somebody or something that's going to try to stop us or try to discourage us from, from doing what we're doing. But we just got to keep on going, man. You know? Now, thank you very much for your energy and the experience that you brought here. Uh, it's, it's been incredibly inspiring to have been working with you on this. Thank you. Hey, Ace Catano, Ground Game LA. What brought you out to occupy Ice LA? Well, it would, came time for action. You know, and sometimes sometimes you see a moment and you, you say something has to be done and something can be done. So the f folks, the LA Against Ice folks, wanted to do an action, pulled us in, and we had a conversation about some of the possibilities. Uh, we learned about the encampment action that Kelly was planning for uh, for Saturday morning and that, that had gone gotten some traction on Facebook with a couple hundred people saying that they were coming so we decided to get the jump on them uh, and so to ask you them, since being, you're them being DHS yes. rather than Kelly <laughs> uh, but so to, to ask you since you're a, a, a law knowing person uh, what what kind of you know what are your concerns with this type of action like what are the sort of things that you're thinking about as you're as you're planning on and sort of encouraging people to engage in this sort of stuff you know like a an encampment like this is m one of those things that it is an extended direct action. It does involve the risk of confrontation with police. It is to some extent mildly illegal. <laughs> it's, it's not very illegal. It would be difficult to prosecute anyone for it, but it is mildly so. And so there's always the question of what are the cops going to do and when are they going to do it? You know, and no encampment lasts forever. You know, they could try to, they could do the same thing they do to homeless encampments to us uh, with just as much legal cause or maybe slightly more. We also have to watch out for the feds, given that we are right next to federal property, uh, DHS, ICE, and so forth. And, uh, you know, they're, I think, a little harder to deal with than LAPD, as funny as that is to say. But LAPD obviously doesn't want to confront people who are who are protesting ICE as aggressively as they would if we were doing, say, if we were protesting the police. They'd have a different thought about it. But Se Seeing as our mayor flew all the way to Texas to protest this sort of thing, we have, a, we have a little bit of cover. All the way to Texas. He could have, like, walked around the goddamn corner, but instead he flew all the way to Texas. Uh, and, and let me ask, so what do you think this kind of encampment means to the authorities that are watching this? Like, what do you think they're taking away from this? I don't know necessarily what it means to the authorities. It does signal that people are watching and that people are willing to engage in indirect action. I mean, this is something that is uncomfortable. It is not. It is a disruption of people's normal schedules, sleep cycles, you know, physical spaces. Uh, people are, you know, you are putting yourself at risk on some level when you participate in an action like this, even if it's even the most controlled, even the most secure. Uh, and showing the willingness to do this night after night after night, uh, I think, sends a signal about the seriousness of our intent. And I think also, 
more than to the people in power. It sends a signal to everyone else who might be watching uh, and who might be concerned that uh, might be concerned about what's going on with uh, ICE and with these detentions to show them that whoops to show them that we uh, that other people are concerned too and other people are concerned in a way that can provide some direction uh, you know really by being here we are uh, really sending a message that this isn't going to be ignored mm-hmm. And uh, last question, what if you could make sure that there was one message that everyone took away? Because we, we, we have these signs that say the world is watching. What do you want them to see? What I really want people to get out of all of this, and part of why I've been in staying involved, is I want people to understand that the same forces that are separating children from their parents when they're seeking legal asylum is part of the same machine that that locks families up uh, in detention, that deports people from their families here, that uh, separates families through imprisonment or murder by the police, uh, all up and down from, you know, from the little juvenile court I'm in every day, uh, all through this is one consistent thread, which is the violence and dehumanization of uh, people, especially the poor, especially people of color, and that the outrage that people feel uh, when they when they hear these stories of babies being taken away from their parents at the border, they should hold on to that outrage and see that the target and is much larger than they imagined. It's like a fruit rotting from the inside. You know, you see the finally this horrible thing that the Trump administration is doing is the point where the rot suddenly reaches the surface and becomes apparent to a lot of folks out there. The whole thing is rotten. It's not something that can just be cleared away. And people should hold on to the outrage they feel, hold on to that anger, and keep active and expand the scope of their empathy and expand the scope of their uh, outrage and activism. So it is Saturday morning out here at Occupy Ice LA. Uh, there is a gigantic Keeping Families Together march that's being hosted by Move On and a bunch of other national orgs. So it's going to be a really interesting day. It's really busy out here. We've got a lot of folks. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Hopefully we'll be spreading some education. Hopefully we'll be informing some folks not just about our immigration legal system, but also our criminal legal system and the way in which these prisons, these immigration detention centers, uh, local prisons, federal prisons, local jails, all of that stuff, all come together and form a matrix of oppression and incarceration and leave us as a society worse off. That ultimately locking people in cages in treating crime as something to be only punitively dealt with rather than looking at restorative justice, community justice, ways that we can correct behavior without harming someone and spreading the word about these these abolitionist ideas about jails and police.
I'm Taylor. And what brought you out, Taylor? Uh, well, I, I think activism is incredibly important, and I have been in school for the past like winter and spring, and I, I've been out of the loop just because of homework and being bogged down. I used to do a lot more activism beforehand, and I'm really trying to get back into it. And I, so I'm just trying to seize every opportunity I can to educate myself, to like put my body where it's needed. Because, I mean, these like the issues that we're fighting for and protesting are not issues that like directly affect me, being someone who is like a white person who looks like a, a male and comes. Yeah. And so it's. And we 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 have a certain amount of privilege because I am I'm you know the it, the same sort of physicality and like socioeconomic like it's it's the weird uh intersection of of race class and gender that i was just thinking about so what do you see like what can we do with privilege um i think like a friend of mine once said um like just put your body where it's needed like and it like a lot of people i feel like get bogged down by like well why am i putting my body here is it because i just want to like perform for other people is it, is it like self-fulfilling like and it doesn't really matter why you're doing it if your body's where it needs to be that's important but I think it's just as important to make sure that you don't make it about yourself if it's not about you I think it's listening is just as important as putting your body where it is needs to be you need to find out where to put your body from the people who are actually affected by it because they don't have the the privilege of being able to like put their bodies out there and they're their body's always on the line. Exactly. They don't, they're not making the choice positively to do that. So with this specific protest, uh, what brought you out today? Because this is the uh, Keeping Families Together March in downtown Los Angeles and the, the obviously ICE, uh, Occupy ICE LA camp. So why here? Why today? Why this cause? Well, I, um, well, like I said, uh, Josh and I work for uh, a group that fundraises for Amnesty International, and we're specifically fundraising for the refugee campaign. And a large part of that is the children in, in detention centers along the borders and being separated from the families, drugged, sexually assaulted, physically assaulted. And so just I've been a lot more aware of that recently, like more so than just like stuff I see on the Internet, but like like active research because it's like part of my job and I have to use it in like talking to people about it. Um, and it's just like every day there's like something worse and worse. And it's I, I came out today because I, uh, Josh told me about it on Thursday and I couldn't make it Thursday night, but I'm, I slept here last night and I'm trying to be here. Cause I, I, and I like, I was, I was planning on going to the, to the March because I like, like I said earlier, like I think activism is important. I want to get involved. Um, but then I, I also heard that the March had been relatively co-opted and like we were over there, um, listening to the speakers and, we we left to go find something else when uh when Eric Garcetti came to speak because like and he started saying stuff about like a uh, about like making LA like a sanctuary city but like he's had many chances to do that and has repeatedly said no we're gonna keep ice but like so I think it's just it sucks that like it's been co-opted by people who can put the money into it and most of the people speaking today are like actors and celebrities and shit and there's like there was like four or five activists and slash uh, affected people actually yeah. speaking yeah uh, Kamala Harris was speaking also and she's voiced her approval of ice and what it does just wants it to be kinder and gentler which is not what we're out here about and so if there was one message that you could make sure everyone who uh, came out of this or if there was one message that everyone could come away with what would you hope it would be I mean like in simplest terms, like abolish ICE, like in very specific terms, I think 
the Appalachian device is the most important like thing that needs to be done right now. But I think more ideologically, um, I think it's important. Uh, an important lesson, I guess, is like if there's it's easy to like fall into a lot of like infighting uh, on on the left. I feel, and I mean that doesn't mean I'm saying like don't be cri don't be critical of Eric Garcetti. Don't be critical. Of I think totally be critical of these people and actively be critical of them. But I think that shouldn't turn into like squabbling where you don't get anything done and no one actually goes out and does anything because they're like well these people have this one slight issue that i disagree with and and being for ice is not one slight issue yeah. but you, like you hear what you get what i'm saying like it's it's there is still like power in in a lot of people like i was saying like intention doesn't always matter it's and most of the time it doesn't if your body's where it needs to be and your body is doing is doing something effective and yeah. I think that's that's really important and I yeah one of the uh, people I work with at ground game ace has this saying where uh, politicians like a politician isn't an end they're the battlefield in which you lobby for things in which you fight for things so with somebody like Garcetti it's not a matter of oh we want to not get him you know send him back to office not have him in office because he's sort of friendly with ice it's like our job is to push him to being unfriendly towards ice. Our job is to do this stuff and put on the pressure. Taylor, thank you very, very much. So it is around 11.30 right now. I am in downtown Los Angeles, out front of the Metropolitan Detention Center. Uh, we are, I'm staring at Twin Towers right now, which is, is interesting because today there's a gigantic Keeping Families Together march happening here in Los Angeles. Mayor Eric Garcetti is speaking there. Uh, Kamala Harris is speaking there, which is weird because both of them uh, are friendly with ICE. They're friendly with the deportation state. But standing here between a federal prison and a local prison is pretty awe-inspiring to imagine the millions upon millions upon billions of dollars that have been spent over the decades keeping these facilities running, keeping them staffed. Basically, we spend untold amounts of money locking our fellow human beings in cages, and for no good reason. There are better ways to correct behavior and create a better, safer society for everyone. Incarceration and the carceral state have a direct link to violence and inequality in our country, in our society, and in the world. One of our missions here at Occupy ISLA is to tell people that it's not just about treating immigrants and asylum seekers fairly, that we need to rethink and tear down the carceral state, that we need to do away with these massive warehouses of human beings where people are locked in cages, where billions of dollars a year are spent on people with guns and prosecutors to keep people in cages. We want to trace the linkages between this, these systems. Intersectionality is not just a theory. It's not just a word. It's a practice. Everywhere you go in life, everything you look at, where the state is involved, where inequality exists, there are intersections of different matrices of corrupt and oppressive systems. Race, class, and gender do not operate in a vacuum, respectively. They coalesce. They erupt out into the world in strange ways, and ways that ultimately we can fix by looking at the base assumptions of these systems. Maya Rose Berko. What brought you to camp? 
well, this was the only process that I had known of that was a camp out, sit in, in front of the actual detention center where these beings are being held, which is the point. ICE uh, is an organization very much like the Gestapo. Uh, it's important that we stop them now. It's already gone too far. There have already been children torn away from families. And these are my little sisters, my little brothers. Even if they're not by blood, they're my relatives. And as a woman, you feel every other woman's pain. You really, you really do. Especially because of the fact that we all share wombs, we all birth life, we walk on this earth that's a woman. And it's really important to know that we have a duty to protect these beings, if, especially if you're a child of, of refugees. like. Everyone who is not native to Turtle Island, to this land, is an immigrant. And my family came over, like, 80, I'm, I'm first generation. We're out of the Holocaust in, in Egypt and Israel, you know. We're out of both of those places, desert and then concentration camps. And this is how it started, and this is why I went to Standing Rock, you know. Mm -hmm. I went to Standing Rock because I felt like it was my people being shot and slaughtered just like it was. And I came here because this is what literally happened to my people. And this is exactly what's going on. And we, we need to be showing up in a good way. And what does it mean to be here in front of this jail? Because it's a very imposing, kind of scary place. I mean, maybe I'm officially unfazed because of my experience in Standing Rock. But uh, the community that we are birthing here, the whole point of gathering in front of this place and showing them our faces, being very transparent with our existence here, is the fact that we are not going away anytime soon and that we are here because these beings should be able to join us. We are here to check the people that are inside and to put our bodies on the line. It's really important that you as a human being show up to things. You don't just send money or send donations. I mean, it's important that they know that we as a family refuse to be separated and that while they're doing this and imprisoning we are literally sitting holding counsel in a circle healing to the traumas of literally colonization the traumas of what they are doing currently and what they've done to our past and to our lineages and then showing up as women and men in a circle where we're creating a village where we feel safe you know this is LA these are the sidewalks of Los Angeles it's a very trauma-filled space so for us to create a safe space where we all feel protected especially the women and the non-binary folk feel safe is really important and we've done that here and we've built such a deep connection and I've done the work to sit down and to meet and to pray together to come in ceremony together to this place to bless this land and to bless these people and to correct some of the evil that has been leaked out of colonization and this deep hole that people take when they put humans in cages and what do you think uh, is bringing that together like why do you think this community is able to kind of express and bring that love into the physical expression of this encampment? I think it's because we were taught I was taught how to do this I was shown how to do this by indigenous elders Lakota specifically elders when I was in Ocheti Shakoin camp up in North Dakota you know how to as a woman enter the space and respectfully offer and sing song and prayer and sit down and listen and communicate in a way that never pushed people away but invited them to grow and really show up for my masculine brothers that may be going through things that are really intense because the trauma of being a man is different than the trauma of being a woman and the trauma of being a non-binary being is entirely different as well and to, to have a council space to do that it's because we were able to survive so long in extreme conditions it's because of the family. It's because of the prayer. And one of the signs that we've had up and one of the sentiments we've been pushing is the idea that the world is watching. What do you want the world to see from this encampment? 
that everything and anything you do to make ice feel uncomfortable, to make these people's lives difficult, to really acknowledge that these humans need to be showing up and communicating and freeing these people and doing what they need to on an internal, I work here, it's my day job, I don't wanna lose my job level. You risk that and you free these children because the world is watching. This is exactly how it started. It's already gone too far. It's the continued colonization of Turtle Island and no, we will not sit down quietly while it happens. So as I close out this dispatch, the one thing I would like to leave you all with is the notion that you can seize power in unexpected, in innovative, in powerful ways. That There are a nearly infinite number of ways for you to show how much power our communities have, our individuals have, we each have, that we can take the fight directly to their doorstep, that when it's all said and done, the government operates as though it is separate from we who exist in society. That it's somehow a foreign entity to the rest of us, when it's not. The people who work in these monolithic buildings, the people who issue these memos, who control these bureaucratic decisions, are still human beings. And they can be pressured. They can be moved. So this is Bushido Squirrel from Occupy Ice LA saying thank you very, very much for listening, thank you very, very much for your support, and that I hope that you carry this forward into your own life, and that you act out, and that you cause disruption, that you make things hard for the machinations of evil, for the machinery of dehumanization.